From coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. Welcome back to Terra Informa. I'm Amanda Rooney, and I'll be your host for the next half hour of environmental news from across Canada and around the world. A couple of weekends ago, Lauren Carter and Shelley Jodwin visited the Edmonton Tool Library. Now, you might be asking yourself, what is a tool library? Well, stay tuned to Terra Informa to find out right after these news headlines. Earth Day is coming up this week on April 22nd, and there are lots of cool events happening in Canada and around the world. EarthDay.ca has a great events calendar where you can check out what ways your city has planned to celebrate our planetary home. This year, Earth Day will also be marked with the Washington, D.C. March for Science, as well as satellite science marches happening in many other cities, including 18 Canadian cities. These marches champion science as a non-partisan pillar of human prosperity and call for politicians to enact evidence-based policy despite rising anti-scientific sentiments. Organizers have said that they are also planning for the March for Science to go beyond a one-time event and to become a lasting voice for science advocacy. A freezer malfunction at a University of Alberta run cold storage facility on April 2nd has caused a serious meltdown. The Edmonton facility was storing unique samples from the Canadian Ice Core Archive, and the equipment failure caused temperatures to rise from minus 37 degrees to 40 degrees Celsius. This caused 180 of the samples to melt resulting in a loss of 12.8% of the invaluable collection of the Canadian Arctic ice cylinders. U of A glaciologist Martin Sharp said that the disaster looked, quote, like a changing room in a swimming pool, end quote. These cores had ancient dust, pollen, and air bubbles preserved inside which can be used to provide crucial historical climate information. The loss will result in record gaps spanning tens of thousands of years and will cost about half a million to a million dollars per core to replace. That's it for today's headlines. Now on to this week's story. Wrenches, saws, nails and screws. Edmonton is one of the last major cities in Canada to get a tool library. The Edmonton Tool Library is a not-for-profit that launched in January 2017, and it's located in the Bellevue Community League. The library shelves are full of donated tools, some well-loved and well-worn, while others are barely touched. Members can borrow the tools for their art projects, home renovations, yard cleanups, and more. Terra Informers, Shelley Jodwin and Lauren Carter, explored the Tool Library and interviewed two of the board members, 
Robin Webb, and Leslie Bush. They'll tell you what a tool library is and how it can save you money, reduce your environmental impact, and empower you to take on a do-it-yourself project. Tool library operates just like a library for books. So you come in here and you get a membership and then uh, you can borrow any sort of tool that you might need to do repairs around your home, things outdoors, if you're building a community garden, things like that. So again, it's this idea that you're just borrowing something from us and you'll return it afterwards. We really want to see the city become a more, uh, more do-it-yourself-y type, uh, type place. So it's about community building, it's about building things and it's about yeah community building mostly we are open every saturday from 1 until 5 p.m and we're located at the bellevue community uh, league hall which is right near northlands and it's on 112th avenue 7308 112th ave our goal is to be open one evening a week too but we need to recruit more volunteers before we get there, so. How do you become a member? Uh, it's $50 um, for a year, and that's for uh, unlim unlimited rentals throughout that year. We have a little bit of a sliding scale for students too, so if people, if the $50 is an impediment for someone, they just need to come and have a chat with us too. But you can uh, actually purchase your membership online, or you can purchase it from us here at the Tool Library. How many members do we have now? Like 75 or something Give or take, like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. We also have a deal with uh, the Virginia Park and Bellevue Community League, as we're located in Bellevue, um, that if they're a member of the Community League proper, then they can also become a member of the Tool Library uh, for no charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really want the people who live in the adjacent neighborhood to start, uh, start borrowing tools from us too. We're actually one of the last large Canadian cities to get a tool library. So we received lots of advice from the tool library in Toronto is probably the strongest one across Canada, but also in Calgary, they have one and they've been very useful. And they pointed us to things like we're all using a very similar sort of software. So it was really useful to have things like their member manuals and things like that to rely on. And uh, I think, Groups that are involved in sharing economy sort of ventures like this are very into sharing all of their information about starting things up too, so that's been really nice. There are power tools, hand tools, chisels and gouges, hammers and wrenches, lawn rakes and weeders, all the tools have been donated and you can view the inventory online. As you guys can see, we have, I think we have over 300 tools in the inventory now and we haven't bought a single thing. They've all been donated. So it's been really, really interesting to see, um, you know, people retiring and downsizing their homes. Uh, that's a very logical one. But we have also had things like dropped off to us brand new in a box, never used. So. 
we're never sure what the story is about why someone has something they never used, but there's been quite a bit of it actually, so. I mean, since you get all of your stuff by donation, you must get some kind of funny tools that come in. Oh, yeah. And do you get any, I mean, I was thinking, what's the tiniest tool that you've gotten or, yeah. We got this little baby microplane. We have, oh my goodness. It's so, it's so adorable. Uh, if you, cause you're on the radio and you can't, you can't see it. It's about maybe a sixth of the size of what a normal wood plane would look like. Just a little tiny baby one. So you could imagine if your door is sticking a little bit, you could just take this little tiny microplane, shave a little bit off your, your door or your cabinet door to get it to shut again. Mm -hmm. uh, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from tiny things, we've gotten lots of really hilarious, very large tools, <laughs> like, <laughs> like this screwdriver. <laughs> and some very, very large um, wrenches that are used for uh, automobile repairs too. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to be really far away from what you're building, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have really like... Something that might or be a ladder. If you didn't need a ladder. <laughs> Most uniquely, we got these donated. They're auto clip appliers. I didn't know what they were. And then you look at them, they actually say Royal Alexandra Hospital OR, I believe it's 1963. These are for giving people stitches. Oh my God. You, you literally, you put it on the hand and you squeeze it and it pops these little like metal like, sutures. Like, like sutures, yeah. holy moly. Yeah, so it's for closing wounds very quickly and it, I don't know why they were in someone's toolbox, but they're here now. Oh we're not going to be lending them because <laughs> Yeah, it just seems like a bad idea. Yeah. We get all kinds of cool oh stuff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we also got about $5 in Canadian tire money last week in a box. So. <laughs> I guess you probably keep that stuff with your tools, right? I mean, that's where a lot of us buy tools. So yes. That's yeah. really funny. Do you have any other really specialized stuff that people might not expect? wouldn't expect we have a demolition hammer we haven't tested it yet and that's a fairly large concussion hammer that you use for drilling like coring concrete that's thicker than an inch so if you have a concrete condominium when i ran water lines for my fridge that's what you use to drill through the floor uh, we also have a couple of table saws a really good miter saw which uh, not unusual but super handy for people the one with the big stand here uh, what else do we have that's maybe unexpected uh, we have benzene torches we have uh, we just got an air compressor so we're going to test that soon and hopefully do uh, we'll have a bunch of air tools available uh, we also have electronics repair tools and uh, max who is in charge of our social media uh, every i think it's every day or every couple days he puts tool of the day up on our instagram account at yeg tool library mm -hmm. so that's a fun fun uh, account to follow and we're trying to use that to post some of our more unusual tools. Like I, I'm pretty sure people would think that we have a circular saw and a drill, but we, yeah, we do have lots of different things. We also have lots of um, painting supplies too, even like basic things like paint trays and roller handles. So even people who are doing just smaller projects and we have a lot we can lend people, or not lend, we can give people nails and screws because we've had lots of them donated. We have quite a collection actually. So if people are going to do a, a project they can even leave with some consumables to actually do the job with too because we've had them donated. 
our other super cool tool that came in this morning, it's not even in the inventory yet, is a uh, cable crimper for telephone and network wire, a network cable. These things are fairly expensive and if you know how to use them and you need one, this is a good place to borrow it from because I can't imagine you're doing a bunch of cabling more than once in your life. <laughs> unless you work in that industry. Mm -hmm. And then you probably buy your own. Probably buy your own. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's really neat. Also yard tools, which we weren't expecting to get and we weren't sure if we'd keep, but uh, we have a small selection if people are doing yard cleanup. Shovels, picks, we got a little manual aerator, all the saws. We have a really nice tree pruner with extension arm. So if you have a really tall tree and you need to take some branches off, spring's a great time to do some trees, not all trees, and I'm not an arborist, but I looked it up the other day because I was doing my Manitoba maple. You're supposed to do those in the fall when the sap isn't running. But yeah, if people are looking for stuff like that, we have it. And the whole inventory is available online at the website. Okay. The, um, the one thing that we don't loan out is any sort of tools that would be uh, gas powered because we figured we don't want to have um, things with mixed gas and stuff inside or any sort of fumes. So we're only lending out uh, things that are, are battery or uh, electric plug-in powered. So, Do you have any gaps uh, in your kind of tool repertoire that... Uh, that could be filled by generous tool donators? Ladders. We definitely could yes. use some ladders. We don't have any of those at all yet. So if there's extra ones laying around, we can find a way to get them if people don't have a way to get them down here. Mm -hmm. um, we had a very generous donation of some really lovely shelves, but we can always use um, some more shelves too to actually display the tools nicely. But we're, we've got lots of saws. At one point we did not have a, a cordless drill but now we have two or three of them so someone donated this sort of craft kit uh i guess it's a tabletop vice clamp and uh a bunch of other stuff and it's really really sweet but we've never seen it before and the guy bought it in switzerland i guess or it's swiss made and i think he brought it over from europe really cool um it's yeah it's been very interesting to see how without any coordination we've gotten all the things that we needed to so when I was a kid, my dad fully renovated our entire house um, and he did it all himself and out of, uh, for dummies books. Mm -hmm. that, that's totally, we have a full shelf of plumbing for dummies, electrical for dummies, tiling for dummies, all that kind of stuff. Um, is that, are, are you guys collecting any, any books like that or is that something that you'd be open to for donations? We actually haven't had anyone suggest that. I'm, I'm sure we'd love to, to take it. Um, we, do, um, we do have a website that we suggest people go to that has the actual, where you can find instruction manuals for tools. So we're not providing anyone with the instruction manual for the tool that they're boring, but saying, you know, this is where you can go and you just type in the model number and it'll come up. But yeah, in the future, we actually hope to do workshops at some point too. We just need to get a little bit more settled in before we start planning those as well. But I think books would be great. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that we would find a use for them and so would other people, as long as they know how to read. <laughs> yeah.
this sounds endlessly valuable to me. I, uh, yeah, I, you read those statistics about, you know, people who have a drill or something and they use it for, you know, one hour or something. Yeah, the average length of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's like, okay, you own this thing for 25 years, you paid to heat the shelf that you keep it on, you know, what, mm-hmm. what a waste of space and of your money, mm-hmm. you know, and... It really plays into that consumeristic attitude that is prevalent in North America too, that, you know, you can buy a cheap tool and just use it and never think about it again. Uh, We want to make them available to other people then, like rather than have them just sit around and do nothing. Well, and also, yeah, that in order to house all your tools that you then need a larger house or house with a, a garage and that, that, you know, that sort of starts spinning out of control a bit too. And most of us are, downtown dwellers that are on the board too so we were sort of thinking yeah space is a is a huge concern to us as well too where do you think the do-it-yourself spirit comes from in edmonton hmm i feel like it's a very prairie thing like the sort of isolation in the winter sort of breeds that feeling of like oh I'd rather not leave my house and try to figure out how to do this myself than have to than have to hire people but I feel like Alberta is a very self-sufficient province too yeah I'd agree with that I think there's this the outpost attitude that we're we were the last place to get a lot of things just historically so people have kind of just made do um, having something like a tool library comes in really handy for things like that uh, hopefully more people will come in and use it I also think that maybe unlike other areas of the province that Edmonton has a really strong creative community too and that will drive a lot of the lending that happens here. We're hoping to connect with lots of artists and designers and people who, um, you know, may be operating on a slimmer budget so they don't actually have to buy the tools themselves. They can just use them for what they need, especially for students once they're out of school and you had access to all of this stuff and you're in school and then you're done and so that's a huge the startup costs of opening up a workshop are really intensive so hopefully we can be a bit of a bridge for new businesses that are getting off the ground too mm-hmm. yeah I, I can imagine that being very very helpful as a recent grad there's all sorts of resources that you get cut off of mm-hmm. as soon as you finish your degree but I could only be imagine being some kind of physical arts student and and not being able to work with that stuff that's gotta leave you in quite the lurch, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, again, they're, uh, we're trying to do outreach events that um, target students specifically, and so Max, our board member who's still in school, has been really uh, really involved in that, which is, is great too. But um, there's been lots of talk of opening different maker spaces in Edmonton, again, like Dying Light, like a place where people actually go to work on projects so we weren't trying to fill that need but i think that's still a bit of a gap in the city to a place where people can go because they could even take one of our tools to the makerspace and work on what they're doing there but so if anyone wants to start one of those up (laughs) we would be excited to partner with them on all sorts of things so what are some of the projects that you've heard that people are working on who come into the tool library we had um, we've had some groups like the Edmonton Area Land Trust ask us. Um, they were doing 
a workshop on building solitary bee hives, so for native bee types. And they wanted to know, you know, could we direct people who are going to participate in the workshop who don't have their own tools to come and borrow them here? So we're connecting a lot with people like that, but m mostly it's just lots of home reno projects. And so we're trying to put together um, kits, like that you would have a kit for doing something like tiling that would have all the different tools that you would need so you could take that out. But we haven't got there just yet, but soon. There's a couple of cool stories from uh, uh, one of our first and biggest backers. Uh, he was redoing a rental property in Oliver and he borrowed right. just about every tool that we have to, uh, <laughs> yeah. and his big challenge was uh, remove, removing a dishwasher that was tiled in place. So he had to come here, borrow a saw, he had to take that back, he had to come back and borrow other stuff to do baseboards, flooring, he ended up donating a bunch of tools. But uh, in the end, he made it look really good and you probably might have seen it on Reddit. It was the, uh, the apartment with the uh, double bed for scale, made it to the top of Reddit. We were part of that, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. It's they have the double bed. They moved it to like the living room, the double bed, and the showers so that you can see. Just yeah, so that the renters could get a sense of how big everything was. It was very cute. That's a funny. That's a funny way to do it. Like a photo shoot for the apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess it's a frame of reference that everyone understands. That's mm -hmm. funny. I can imagine that being surrounded by tools like this and running into people doing projects like this has. Uh, would just make me think of all the things that I could and should do. Have either of you started any brand new projects since since you started this up? Just because you know you've been around that kind of do it culture. Uh, yeah, actually, I just finished drywalling the laundry room in my condo, and uh, what else was I working on? I used a concrete drill for putting some stuff up, uh, curtain rods and whatnot, because I have concrete pillars that I had to drill into to do that. Um, what else? This summer, we're going to try and do some pallet planters for our own garden. Um, and that's going to, it's going to come in handy having hammers and wrecking bars and saws from here that we can use. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a workshop that I would attend. Yeah. Just FYI. All right. <laughs> and Robin, what about you? Um, my projects have been much smaller in nature, but I just moved into a new apartment. So I was borrowing tools for putting together Ikea furniture and things like that too. So it's been really, really nice because we actually have things like the rubber mallet that they suggest you have for putting things together, which no one has, but a hammer with a sock over it works fine too, in case someone <laughs> doesn't have one. But still, yeah, it's, it's been nice. And today I'm taking a wrench home with me that I needed to put together the last piece of furniture. So, and I'm going to take a level home at some point because I, I've hung all my pictures, but they need a little, uh, they need a little help in making sure that they're level. The Tool Library is a nonprofit and it's run by volunteers. Robin and Les told us about what it's like to be a volunteer tool librarian. You can sign up for shifts on the website, edmontontoollibrary.ca. Yeah, uh, right now we have a volunteer board of five of us, and then um, we're just building up a network of volunteers who will come and work these Saturday shifts with us. So we have one really good hardcore volunteer that started and has been here quite a bit, but we do need other people. So if you're interested, go to our website and sign up. We actually have a volunteer sign up on the site. And what sorts of things do the volunteer two librarians do? 
At this point, a lot of it has been actually like taking pictures and cataloging tools as we get our inventory built up. We get uh, at least one donation of, you know, like a box of tools usually every Saturday. So there's a lot of need to get those things in, but it's also, yeah, talking with the public, helping people pick out the appropriate tool for the job that they're doing, just other general things like that. We haven't, uh, oh, we have one volunteer that's helping us with marketing too, which is really generous. Someone who works as a professional marketer who said they would do that for free. So that's been really lovely. Are there, uh, so like your marketing volunteer, are there any other kind of specialized volunteering, um, I don't know, roles that you might be looking for less actively, uh, but could really help you out? Website development. (laughs) We would definitely like someone to take a look at our website. Right now, we're using a free platform and we've sort of cobbled together our payment system, our tool inventory system, and our actual informational website. And alongside that, we now have the volunteer sign up and a comment form. And it would be really nice to get it all just integrated into one package. Um, what else were we looking for for volunteers? Probably uh, people uh, to actually fix tools. Yes. Uh, although we are working with another group called the Dying Light Society, and they're basically trying to build their own tool workshop, which we don't do because of liability concerns. We just loan the tools out. But they said that they would be able to come here and run workshops for their members on fixing our tools. Um, but in the meantime, we still need people who know how to sharpen things or repair things or even just how to use tools in general or identify some of the weirder ones that we get. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely some things that we get in and we say, no idea what this is for, but we'll put it in the database anyway. <laughs> we could also, uh, like all nonprofit groups, use a fundraiser, somebody who's willing to uh, write grants and look for sponsorships. The the board, we have a lot of experience with that, but we could always use more help. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's probably also worth mentioning that if you do volunteer a certain number of hours with the tool library, we also give you a complimentary membership. Sweet. Yes, yeah, we we want to reward our volunteers too, so. Was Shelley Joe Dwin and Lauren Carter at the Edmonton Tool Library speaking with board members Robin Webb and Leslie Bush. You can check out the Edmonton Tool Library on their website at www.edmontontoollibrary.ca where you can view the tool catalog and sign up for volunteer opportunities. You can also follow them on Facebook at Edmonton Tool Library and on Instagram and Twitter at Library. If you want to hear even more stories like that, check out our website at terrainforma.ca. And while you're there, look for the survey tab in our menu. We would love to get to know you, our listeners, and what you enjoy about the show. Your input can influence the content we gather over the next year. Also, upon completing the survey, you can enter a draw for a chance to win the opportunity to host Terra Informa, like I'm doing right now, in Edmonton. And if you're from another city, it's no problem. You can still co-host from afar. And that is all the time that we have for this week's show. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. If you have questions or comments, send us an email to terra at cjsr.com or tweet it at Terra Informa. Visit us at terrainforma.ca and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks this week to Lauren Carter for both this week's story and for producing the show. 
to Shelley Jo Dwin for also embarking on the adventure and providing us with this story, to Charlie Blay for gathering headlines, and to Charlotte Thomason and Carter Gorzitza for keeping our website updated. I've been your host, Amanda Rooney, and I'll catch you next week on Terra Informa. Dun, 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 dun.